It's time for JT the Brick. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. The Raiders can hit the lottery on defense. They really are. They're holding a lottery ticket. If everybody is nuts enough to jump in and decide to go quarterback, 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 then the Raiders are three picks away. And I think there are five to six defensive players in the draft that are all home runs. I think if they can get four defensive starters who are young and they let them play, and two of them are elite and two of them are very good, then I think the Raiders could have a completely different look for this entire franchise. So the Raiders are doing their due diligence. That's Captain Obvious stuff. JT the Brick. All these mock drafts are crazy. All you're going to hear from me for the next three weeks, give me the best defensive player available at number seven. But in my position in this seat, I'm going to be Mr. Positive in April and May. Okay, I'm not going to your sports bar and walking in and saying this team sucks. Find another guy. I'm sure there's plenty in town. Let that sink in. And now. With the seventh pick, the Las Vegas Raiders select. JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT in studio with Bobby today. Hope everybody's having a great day. A day off yesterday for the Bolitnikoff Hall of Fame Golf Classic. Got a lot to tell you on that. Here in the monologue brought to you by PTs. They are the best. The best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. PTs fuels the monologue, and they're a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights who I watched that entire game with Fred Bolitnikoff and a bunch of legends after the golf tournament in his suite. That was interesting and fun watching Vegas Golden Knights hockey as they won that game last night with LeBron attacking the rim in overtime. You know, yesterday was interesting. It took the day off I have for every year to emcee that event. It's a real high honor for me. The room's amazing. Marcus Allen, James Lofton, Charlie Joyner, all the great Hall of Fame wide receivers who were there, the great Rich Gannon, Jim Plunkett, two of the great Raider quarterbacks that we know, and then just a whole bunch of other great former Raiders who have played in this organization. Napoleon McCallum, Rod Martin, Barry Sims, Josh Taves, Justin Fargus was there. There was 30 guys who were there just having a great time, and it was cool. And then all the sponsors and everybody who were able to kick in and uh, help out Tracy's Place of Hope and all the work that Angela and Fred are doing there. We really had a good time. The golf went fast. wasn't one of those rounds that take five and a half hours. Uh, the cervezas were flowing. Everybody was having a great time, amazing time. And then the banquet went really good. We raised a lot of money. Our buddy Charlie Boots who's inside the Raider Nation. He does blogs, and he's got a lot of things happening. He's friends. He did the live auction. First time he's ever done it. Raised a lot of money. That was good, and then I was able to wrap it up with some interviews, and it was a great day. Then my wife and I went back to Fred and Angela's suite where all the volunteers, my wife's one of them, who volunteered all day on the golf course and did everything, checking in the golfers, making sure they had food and beverage on every hole. And then we celebrated another great event uh, into the wee hours or the late hours of the night, watching sports and having good times. And that's when I really have the most fun I could ever have because I sit around with all these NFL legends and I just ask them stories about what it was like to play. And Fred was talking to Pete Shaw, a former cornerback for the Chargers, great player back in the day. And Pete, who's the best you ever played against other than Fred? And he's talking about you know, Largent and the other guys and this and that. And Freddie's talking about Otis Taylor. And you hear these legends tell stories about the Raiders. It was really, really cool. And then a lot of people came up to me. I was on the, I was on the driving range. I'm doing a name-dropping alert, but why not? I'm on the driving range with Marcus Allen, and he gets in my ear. What's going on? What's going on with this draft? I'm like, I don't know anything, Marcus. I think we need some defense. I think this and that. I'm talking to Tim Brown. Tim comes up to me. Hey, JT, what do you think about? I'm like, I'm listening. Those are Hall of Famers. They both won Heisman's. I listen. 
I don't talk and hear what they have to say. And then everybody else I had a chance to interact with on the course, all the fans of the Raiders, all the sponsors, really optimistic about Thursday night, the first round, and what the Raiders can do in the draft. I've been super positive about this opportunity here for the last couple of months. Now it's go time. Today we have Sam Munson, one of the best guys you could have on this week, pro football focus. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, We have two more draft insiders tomorrow, including Bucky Brooks. Also, Russell Baxter, the football guru who worked the draft for ESPN for a really long time. He's got good information, and we'll try to tie it into the Raiders, but the quarterbacks also. Everybody's talking about Will Levis' odds to maybe go number one. The quarterback out of Kentucky, that's blowing up Vegas with prop bets and all of this. So it is a little bit confusing. Not to me. I think the Raiders should take... Devin Weatherspoon or Christian Gonzalez at number seven. And if they do that, trade back into the first round in the mid-20s and get a defensive tackle. That'd be good for me. You know, the 130th pick, 190, I don't care about that. Dave does because Dave Ziegler can find diamonds in the rough, maybe in the fourth or fifth round. I can't find diamonds in the rough on the radio. I need need stars. I need superstars in a Legion Stadium now. Breaking up passes, sacking quarterbacks, catching the ball on defense when it's thrown to them. I need some guys. And I'm talking pro bowlers. So let's get a couple of pro bowlers to come into the building. Why not? Hasn't been that way for a while. We saw the pro bowlers in Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby. That's a good later class to develop. The problem with this organization the last couple of years is they've been reaching for first-round picks, Damon Arnett, Cleland Farrell, and it puts the entire organization back. Look what just happened to Kansas City winning the Super Bowl. Not only do they have great players, they had a good draft. Look at Seattle with Geno Smith. They had an elite draft. All of a sudden, they're in the playoffs. That's what the Raiders have to do. This has got to be the beginning. I'm not counting last year because Dave Ziegler wanted Devontae Adams, and I love the pick. Love the pick. But this is the year. This has got to be year one of Dave Ziegler's crew making sure that they have great drafts. Not good drafts, none of this B-minus, C-plus stuff. I'm talking A, A A-minus in a category where you know these names quickly, and they all have an impact here with the silver and black. So I'm excited. I'll be anchoring the draft coverage on Thursday with Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy. Q is in Kansas City. How about Q? Look at this guy. What an animal he is. He got all the way out to Kansas City. So he's going to be there for the draft. We'll have him on hopefully tomorrow to set the tone for everybody else. That's where we stand. Uh, Your phone calls are really important now, okay? No no messing around here, everybody. I need the pick. I need the pick. I need the name of the player. I need the pick. And I need to know what your focus is on the draft. Where are you? And what level of energy are you at for the pick? If you want to trade up, I have no problem with that. If they get a superstar. If you want to trade back, how far back do you want to go? This is what a big boy radio station does. That's an NFL flagship the week of the draft. We got Tuesday, we got Wednesday. We're not taking calls on Thursday as we're going through the pick. So the last two days for your pick for the Raiders, what do they need to do? What do they got to get out of here with? And let's get going with that. Uh, Number 702-365-9200. So yesterday was really, really weird. Because (laughs) yesterday was weird because I took the day off. And when you take the day off on sports radio, you don't want a lot to happen, right? You want to be on the radio when good things happen. So yesterday I'm sitting there on the driving reins and Tucker Carlson gets fired by Fox. Who didn't see that coming? Then Don Lemon gets fired from CNN. And I'm like, whoa. And then I'm on the course and Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. 
And I'm like, wait a second, what is going on today? Phone's blowing up, Twitter's blowing up. Pretty interesting day yesterday, uh, and I tweeted early in the morning for no reason. It was radio silent when I woke up in the morning. There was no news on Aaron Rodgers, and then the Jets were able to pull the trigger on that deal. Look, I don't know who got the. I don't know who's gotten the best of that deal. It's hard to predict who got the best of the deal. I would say in general, the Jets got the quarterback. The Jets instantly become relevant now. The Jets have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is really good. He's still got a lot left, and the Jets don't have to play with Zach Wilson anymore and Mike White. So they're upgraded there, and the Jets have some good young players. So Aaron Rodgers, they flip these picks, so now the Jets get the 15th pick overall, and they get a fifth-round pick. I never understand why they throw in that fifth-round pick. I never understood why. Why why do you have to throw in a fifth-round pick? No, say no, but no, the Jets wanted the fifth-round pick because the Jets— You know, that was part of their deal there because they're giving up a lot. For the Packers, they get the 13th pick overall, which is pretty close to the Raiders. They get a second-round pick this draft, and then this draft they get a sixth-round pick. But here's the big one. They get a conditional second-round pick next year if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, which you would assume he would do, but Aaron Rodgers still might retire after one year. You know, so he might retire. So the Jets gave up a lot to get him. But they have a franchise player in the number one media market. I mean, Max Verlander, Justin, uh, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, the MVP of baseball is Aaron Judge. Okay, the Giants went to the playoffs last year. The Islanders are in the playoffs, in the playoffs with the Rangers and the Devils. Jets have to do something. My Knicks are in the playoffs. My Knicks are going to go to the second round. So if you look at everything that's happened here, the Jets had to do this deal. The Jets have Aaron Rodgers now in New York in the tri-state area, and it's going to be fascinating to see. Remember, Kevin Durant imploded there. Kyrie Irving imploded. They were playing for Brooklyn. I don't think the media ran him out of town, but for whatever reason, the pressure and everything that happened in the media was something to do with that. So I think the Jets got their guy. Now the Jets now have a window to win the Super Bowl and follow me here in the next two years. I didn't think I'd say that about Cincinnati, and Cincinnati did it that way. Cincinnati got Joe Burrow. They were a two-win team. They went to four wins. Then they went to -to back-to-back AFC championship games and a Super Bowl. Okay? Hey, the Jets Jets went to -to back-to-back AFC championship games one step from the Super Bowl with Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. So this Aaron Rodgers move is a problem for the Raider Nation. Here's why. The Raiders didn't get Aaron Rodgers. He was clearly available in a trade. I told you I would have picked him up at the airport. He was too rich for the Raiders and what they're trying to do as they try to fix this team and the roster. I get it. I get it. But it was fun to talk about that for a week or two. Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders. He went to the Jets. The Raiders are a much more historic franchise than the bleeping Jets, and they got Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers plays in the AFC. They're going to collide the Jets and the Raiders. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. So remember, when you have, if you have the Jets on your schedule this year and you were kind of crossing it off saying that's a W, huh? not so fast. They're good. Sauce Gardner, Aaron Rodgers, the players they have, they're pretty good. So the Jets are better in that situation now. So we'll talk about that. And then the only other thing I want to get to is the Golden Knights. I want to play. We'll save the highlights, Bobby. We've got a couple calls I want to get to. But yeah, the Golden Knights make me happy. You know, I just love this team. I do. You know, I'm not a guy. I'm not a scribe. I'm not a journalist. I'm not at the press conferences. But I'm at more games than you think, mostly as a fan. And I want to see this team win. This 
this organization and team can bring a lot of joy into my life. I love hockey. I grew up with it. We have an inaugural expansion team here that's only five, six years old. I'm all in on that. When everybody's asking me yesterday, what do you think of the A's? What do you think of the A's? Uh, just go to what the owner said. I'm on his flagship radio station. Okay, I, I Believe me, on the A's, I'm going to diffuse that. Diffuse that situation here until they get here. And if they get here, we'll, we'll address it. But when it comes to what this city can do, the Aces just won a championship. Pretty big deal. And the Knights were down, down one game, and the Knights came storming back, and they're up 3-1. to one. Look at this, what's happening now with the Knights. When it was at 1-1, they win two in a row. It's 3-1. And if they win this game quickly here, and we can sit back and watch Edmonton and the Kings go to 7 or 6, and we have home ice advantage, because I think if it's Edmonton, we're going 7. If it's the Kings, we can beat them in 5 or 6. And then you're in the conference finals. And then I'm down at Beer House, and I'm over at Nomad, and I'm putting on the JT jersey. Oh, that's going to get good. And then it's going to be 100 degrees, 102 degrees, and we're going to be going to hockey games where the beer is much colder and crisper when it's 100 degrees. So I got a lot happening here, but the Raider draft is essential as we begin. Chris in West Oakland, a cleanup hitter when he leads off. How are you, Chris? Hey, JT. I've been holding on to the draft call for a while. You know, I'm not the hugest draft guy. I don't, I'm always interested in what the Raiders, but I'm not going to sit around for three days and watch the draft on ESPN while the NBA playoffs are going on. So here's my feeling on what I want to see the Raiders do go, going forward, and I've, I've said this all along. It needs to be defense except for one pick. You've got to get the young franchise quarterback. I, I like Garoppolo as a, as, a, as a bridge, a game manager. I, don't, I think it's a dream that we can put together a defense in the next couple of years, at best, what he had in San Francisco. And he still couldn't win a Super Bowl. Not a shot at Jimmy G. My feeling is this. You're in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. You've got to get a young stud for the next eight or ten years that can go toe-to-toe. You're not going to beat those two guys and win the division to get to the playoffs. I, you know, Again, Rodgers is a whole other story coming here. He's a different division. In order to get to the playoffs, you're going to have to have a quarterback that can go toe-to-toe. I don't believe you can do that with the philosophy of we're going to manage the game and do it on the defensive end. So when it comes to the actual picks, I understand why Will Levis might – there's talk about him going number one. I'm a big-time proponent, JT. Mobility is great, but the most important part of the position is still throwing the football. Patrick Mahomes just won an AFC championship game in a Super Bowl playing on one leg. Why? Because he's an elite passer. Elite passers win Super Bowls, not game managers, not guys who run better than they pass. The two best passers in this draft by far – are Will Levis or Hendon Hooker. I, I think I think Bryce Young's going to be a disappointment. He's a little guy that was surrounded by phenomenal talent. We've seen that fail in the NFL. Stroud is, is an interesting prospect, but if the Raiders could find a way to get Levis or perfectly, maybe you get your cornerback or your lineman with number seven, then move back into the first round because they've got another pick and get an Hendon Hooker. But I believe Hendon Hooker and Will Levis are so far and away the best passers in the draft. They're one of the two guys I want. Then every other pick after that, or use your picks to get trades, go defense. But I've seen a lot of teams have great defense, have everything around them, but not have the quarterback that can get them over the hill. This isn't a shot at Jimmy Garoppolo. This is going forward eight to ten years. We've already got two of the best, the best in Mahomes, one of the top five in Herbert. In order to compete with these guys, 
I fully believe we have to get a stud young quarterback that can go toe to toe with these guys for the next decade. And if you've got a chance to get them, you've got to get them now and then worry about defense every other pick. Use all these picks, get some starters on defense, trade picks for proven starters if you can. I'm a big proponent of that. But I would love the young franchise quarterback. And again, not a shot at Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm rooting for him this year, but I fully believe the path to success in the NFL is elite young, elite young, just stud throwers of the football. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Appreciate you coming in here. I am shocked by that phone call. I am shocked that Chris in West Oakland wants to go quarterback. I am shocked. Jimmy Garoppolo beats Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy G beats Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy G was five yards away from an overthrow that he had in the Super Bowl of beating Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Jimmy G can play the position for a year or two. He's not elite. He's very good. Okay, I I tell this to everybody. If you want to make it out to be, is it a lateral move to Carr? Yes. Him him and Carr are pretty much the same, except Jimmy G, I'm banking on, is going to A, be better in the system, and B, be better in the red zone. That's it. That's the only difference between Jimmy G and Carr. They can both put up 300 yards a game, throw three touchdowns and all that, but with Josh McDaniel's playbook, I think Jimmy G will be a little bit better. The quarterback, I mean, Hendon Hooker is going to come in at 25 years old and be what? Well, he might be great. I would not risk Hendon Hooker at 25 years old with a first-round pick. I wouldn't do it. Now, it seems like C.J. Stroud is dropping. Why is he dropping? Two weeks ago, I'm on the air. Everyone's saying he's going to be number one. Did he get in a car accident? No. Did he get in a domestic issue? No. All of a sudden, he's dropping? So what happens is there's a lot of smoke out there. This is what the GMs do. They start, you know, texting Peter King. They start texting Peter Schrager. They start texting Jason. They try to throw a smoke screen out so they can get their guy and have everybody confused. I want all defense. I want this defense improved. I want defenders like the defenders I was with last night at the banquet who played in the Super Bowl and won championships. I want defensive players who put on this uniform, play for this owner and coach, who know how to tackle or elite and understand a system where we're supposed to get smarter, faster, and more explosive players. Go get them. We've had a year to figure out who these kids were in college. Find them and start them. Start them and put them in there and, and get going. I'm not asking you to do Lawrence Taylor after the first practice Parcells looked at Ray Perkins. Parcells wasn't a head coach, right? He was a, a defensive coordinator, a linebacker coach, I forget. I think it was that. And he looked at Ray Perkins and just started laughing with Lawrence Taylor, true story, and said, get him in. One practice. We got to find guys like that. You do that with Christian Gonzalez or Witherspoon. You pencil them in. They don't back up Nate Hobbs. They don't back up these other corners that we have that I can't keep track of their names. I want a starter, a defensive tackle who doesn't need to huff and puff and he's tired and he's got to come out of the game because he's got a big beer belly and he's been playing and he just is a, he's a run stopper. Well, why isn't he in shape? I was with Greg Townsend last night. The guy's got a 33-inch waist. Howie Long had a waist, a 32-inch waist. Let's get guys like Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, hell of a player, did not have a great year, but he came on. Get another guy at defensive tackle that we don't have to put on a diet. We don't have to make sure he's in shape. Get a beast who's going to come in here and play first, second, third down at defensive tackle, nose tackle. Get a linebacker in the fourth round who's got some tape of him tackling in space and guarding a tight end. They're out there. You just got to go find them. Mikey in Staten, Italy. 
Mike, good to hear from you. As I know you're gambling prop bets for the draft. What's happening? Hey, JT, how you doing? Well, yesterday I had uh, Wilson as my starting quarterback, and today I have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, when the draft, ju- when the trade just came through, I was ranting and raving. We gave up too much. But then I sat back and thought I had Wilson as my starting quarterback two days ago. Now I have a surefire Hall of Famer. We have a chance. We, we finally have a starting quarterback since Joe Willie. So I'm on cloud nine, just like last year when I was talking to you about the draft and you traded your first two draft picks for Adams, and you were happy. I am happy, and we still have a draft pick. JT, I called you earlier in the week and said, I want Lincoln Kennedy. I want a big offensive uh, lineman to protect Jimmy G. But I'm coming around. If we can get this guy Witherspoon, who seems the clear number one cornerback that we could put out on an island, I'm 100% with you, JT. Have a great day. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the call as we continue on. Yeah, look. You want to start the cornerback and put him out there day one and put him on an island, and he's going to get beat. He's going to be a young corner in the league going up against grown-ass men who are big guys the size of Devontae Adams. But I want him to play. These guys are really good, the Patriot model. They're very good at developing players over the over the decades when they won six Super Bowls. Hopefully they can do that. But I don't know how long Patrick Graham, who's a good – I think he's a good coach – I told you what I think of these coaches. I think they're good. I really do. I had a lot of conversations with Raider fans about this. But so many are personal now. Every Raider fan's got this vindictive bitterness about some of these coaches. I'm like, they're human beings. Wish them happy birthday or don't comment on their birthday. Can you leave these people alone? I mean, again, all the Twitter tough guys out there with beer muscles with these coaches, let them get some players and coach. They didn't like the roster when they took it over. They were probably right. Yeah, it was a playoff team. We give Rich Passaccia all the credit for that. It's not a playoff team now. They didn't like the roster, and they're trying to fix it to their liking. They were charged. They were brought in charge to be the GM and the head coach to get the players that they want to work with to consistently be great. It's a work in progress. This draft is essential. The draft is essential to make this happen. Hey, we're going to be talking about the Black Hole Party. We're partnering up with the Black Hole Go to theblackhole.com. All the information is there to become a member. Uh, We're going to have a guest from the Black Hole on next hour, my buddy Mark, to come on and talk about the draft party, which is also Thursday night right there at the top of Ghost Bar. Thor will be there from North Las Vegas. How are you, Thor? Man, I'm hanging in, JT. Yes, sir, I will be there. I will be there. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Honestly, Get it right. I don't care. I want defense, 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 defense. But just get it right, JT. Just get it right, man. Uh, I, I, I know the the game of football is, is crazy, and we need a we need a draft to build a team. So with all these picks, this is the time to do it for me. So it's exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. I can't wait. I'm picking up Senor at the airport in the morning, and we're starting this weekend to party in. So. Let's go. And then when the draft's over, we'll be barbecuing at the house on Saturday, 2, 3 o'clock, and then till who knows when. You're always welcome. Appreciate you know it. That. Let's get it right, JT. Thank you, Thor. Take care and uh, way to go. Thanks for checking in. We want to hear from more of you and the black hole along the way. And if you got something going on here, uh, is there a party? If, if you're going to a bar, if you're a Raider fan in town for the draft, just keep it locked right here on Raider Nation Radio. And we'll get you all locked in for that. So we just added Rhett Lewis from NFL Network. He's going to join us at 115 
along with Sam Munson at the bottom of the hour. Those are two of the top seven or eight NFL draft mock draft guys that we reached out to. Got some help from the Raiders, some help from my producers at SiriusXM. So we got two good guests coming up live here. Sam Munson in about five minutes. Rhett Lewis will join us next hour. And that's where we stand, and we're going to go pretty big on the draft here. Golden Knights winning, which is fantastic. Uh, LeBron James didn't mention LeBron here in the opening of the show, but LeBron having a 20-20. and 20, A 20-20 and 20 is unbe- unbelievable. He's in the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. The Violator joins us ahead of the Black Hole Party. How are you, Violator? What's up, JT? Look forward to seeing you. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Born ready, brother. All right. You want defense? You want to reach for a quarterback? You want to move back? What's Violator thinking? Listen, uh, I'm glad you brought that up real quick. Uh, they won't disappoint me if they move back, pick up more capital, so to speak. But if they go forward, uh, I would take Witherspoon if he's available mm-hmm. or Jack Campbell, linebacker. Or Jalen Carter, if we're so blessed that he falls our way. Even with his the off-the-field issues, that's a generational talent right there. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Carter because of the issues and the drag racing and the deaths, and he wasn't in that vehicle, but being a part of that and all the details. If the Raiders vetted that out and they did their homework with the player and they believe if he falls to seven, yeah, I would. I don't think he gets past five in Seattle. But if he gets past Seattle and then all of a sudden he's available at seven, and I know and Dave Ziegler comes on with me and says they vetted him and they believe he's that generational talent, I'd be fine with that too. Good point. Absolutely, man. But like I say, I I, I just hope that we go heavy D in the draft. Uh, you know, since we're drafting all these defensive players, hey, just get some young studs in there, a couple of blue chippers, and let's go get this other trophy. I'll see you at the Black Hole Party, the Legends Party. I know you're going to be there. It's a big deal. Absolutely, man. Come on out, Raider Nation. We'll be at the Palms Casino Resort. Doors open at 4 p.m. Be there, get the best spots, and let's turn this thing out. Yep, you got it. How could you not hang out with Violator? Thanks for the phone call. Hang out with Violator, Senior Gorilla Rilla, and the Black Hole at the Palms. Man, I got a history at that place. Woo! I got a history of that place, and now the Ghost Bar is going to be reimagined as the Black Hole will have that party there. So Aaron Rodgers is a massive story from yesterday. Golden Knights, and look, we're getting some good energetic calls about what the Raiders should do in the draft. When we come back, Sam Munson will join us from Pro Football Focus. He's really good. We'll go through his top picks, his final board, and his team there does it as good as anybody. So he's the NFL analyst, the lead NFL analyst, for Pro Football Focus, Sam Munson next, Rhett Lewis next hour. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss the draft and all our coverage. Q is in Kansas City. Our lineup is here for you as we count down to the draft. Want to get 12, I want to get 12, 12 contributing players, you know? And so, um, yeah, we put that pressure on, on ourselves and I put that pressure on, on myself and Josh puts the pressure on himself. And just as a, as a, as a scouting department, we feel that pressure in a good way. Um, Cause I think that pressure drives you, 
You know, it drives you when you're when you're meeting for 15 straight days. Um, you know, there, there's a, a monotony that can you know that you could let grow in. But um, I think that pressure, that motivation to get it right, that motivation to improve the team, though, that's the pressure that that keeps us, um, you know, keeps us pushing and keeps us focused and dialed in. It's Dave Ziegler, GM of the Silver and Black. JT, back with you as we continue on. Always a pleasure to talk to Sam Munson, kind enough to join us, lead NFL analyst over at Pro Football Focus. And Sam, as we begin, I loved your tweet earlier today. Never seen a draft where the insiders are reporting as much cluelessness from everybody as this year. No one has an idea how this is going to unfold. Let's begin with this because Will Levis is going up, CJ Stroud's going down. Those guys weren't doing that a week or two ago. No, it's funny. You, you hear or you sort of read all the tweets and the reports and the articles and the, the hits from all these NFL insiders, and they all kind of read like, you know, just talk to a bunch of people, still don't know anything. <laughs> like mm. Nobody has any information right now. It's this chaotic draft where I don't think anybody has any real idea of how it's going to unfold after the number one pick. It, it seems to be pretty set that Bryce Young is going to be the first player off the board, but from that point on, all bets are off. Now, have you talked to anyone? Because you got a lot of contacts in regards to C.J. Stroud. And you know, I thought he was a number one guy or obviously 1A or number two. But because Houston has a new head coach and they might want to go defense, what's clouding C.J. Stroud to be potentially dropping or maybe Will Levis or Anthony Richardson going before him? Yeah, I think there's a few things. Um, I'm not sure C.J. Stroud's tape should have ever had him being the kind of consensus top guy or the consensus 1A guy. I think there's enough concerns there with how he handled pressure outside of a Georgia game this season, um, with how he is outside of structure and when he has to extend the play, all those kinds of things, that it should have at least put him you know, on a par with Richardson and with Levis as the sort of second tier down from Bryce Young. But I do think there seems to be some kind of orchestrated um, campaign, you know, against his uh, stock right now between the S2 scores being leaked to the sort of um, new cognition tests that a lot of teams are uh, placing Mm -hmm. a lot of stock in. That kind of tallies with that tape that we just talked about, the concerning uh, split-second reaction stuff that is backed up by the the low scores that have been leaked out, if if you believe those are legitimate. Um, And then the other element in all this is that he's represented by the same agent that Deshaun Watson has. And that, I think, is what's driving this idea that he's not going to go two to the Texans, whether they just don't like him, whether they don't like the agent. You know, there's a reason that Houston is, is not on board with that selection. And that, I think, is what is starting the dominoes falling Like from when the, the Panthers traded up to number one. It looked like it might be C.J. Stroud. Now that it looks like it's going to be Bryce Young, the Texans being out on him is all of a sudden throwing everything else into chaos. How far do you have Jalen Carter dropping? I don't see him getting past Pete Carroll at five. Pete Carroll can mold him as a man and take away all this negative energy. He's rebuilding kids from USC in the inner city of L.A. in the NFL throughout his career. Do you think Seattle stays there and waits for Carter to drop to them? Yeah, whether or not Seattle is the one to take him, I agree with you. He's not getting outside of the top ten. I mean, he... You can make a pretty compelling argument that he's the best player in the entire draft if you're comfortable with the off-field stuff. And at least from a legal standpoint, that's all been squared away. You know, that's been sort of swept under the carpet for a a relatively minor punishment for him. If you believe that you can keep him on the straight and narrow as an NFL team 
and generally speaking, teams believe that, whether or not it's true, um, he's, he's the best player in this draft. So to get him anywhere in that top 10 range is great value. Sam Munson's our guest, Pro Football Focus. Uh, give me a comp to Will Anderson. You know, that him coming off the edge, but on a team that you had a scheme against that had great players all over the place. Individual tape when you look at him, explosive play out of Alabama. Tell me a little bit about Will Anderson. Yeah, I don't have a great comp for him in terms of player, but mm. he's a very, very safe prospect, I think. Mm. Maybe he's a tick below the elite pass rushers that have come into the league in the past few years, the Nick Bosa's, the uh, Miles Garrett's, uh, maybe even the Aiden Hutchinson's of the world. He might be a half step below those guys in terms of pure ability, but he's extremely good. He's well-rounded. He's excellent at everything. Um, the off-field stuff is, is outstanding in terms of work ethic and how much he wants to get better. I think he's one of the safest picks in this draft. The only question is, you know, how high is his ceiling? Is he already maxed out? And if so, what is he maxed out as? Because if he's already maxed out as a Pro Bowl caliber player, and he might be, it's still a very good pick. Uh, wrapping up with Sam Munson, I'm here in Vegas where the Raiders could go corner with Gonzalez or Witherspoon. Who do you like better? I think Witherspoon is the clear number one corner in this draft. He doesn't have the slick movement skills that Gonzalez has. He doesn't have the size, the speed. Um, but his tape is so much better. He's better at the catch point. He reads the game so much quicker than Gonzalez, and in fact, quicker than anybody else in this draft class. I, I think despite the size, Devin Witherspoon is, is the best corner in this draft and arguably one of the few sort of blue-chip prospects available. Sam, anything changed with you on Aaron Rodgers becoming pretty much official, going to the Jets and how they flip their picks, and what could be the needs for either of those teams after the trade? No, not really. I think the only big change is that the, the, the Jets blinked first, and they were the team to kind of give up um, you know, a lot more than I think a lot of people expected them to give up in this negotiation where neither side seemed to have any leverage. So I was kind of shocked that it involved a almost certain first-round pick next season, um, just as long as he plays next year. I think that's outstanding work from the Packers and you know, maybe a little bit of desperation by the Jets. And with Detroit, with the gambling issues of a couple of their players going down, do you think that affects their mindset in the first round or what they want to do early to fill in for those guys? No, probably not. I, the players that they lost outside of Jamison Williams I don't think are massive impact guys. And Williams has the shortest suspension of the group and just a few games that they need to deal without him. So I think they were probably going to add a receiver anyway at some point in this draft. But I don't think it changes uh, a need to have to chase that early in the draft. Last one, Sam. What do you think is going to be the moment, the exact moment in your mind or close to it in those first couple of picks where the whole draft is going to change up a bit or we're going to have that moment, that wow moment in the first amount of picks? What pick could that be where everything could just pivot? I think it's really going to be pick number two. Okay. Um, we've all been assuming that Houston is going to grab a quarterback after the, the first guy goes, but if they don't, if they trade back or if they grab Will Anderson or go completely left field for another player entirely, that changes everybody's mock. That changes everything and blows the whole draft wide open. Uh, lastly, with your final mock and everything at Pro Football Focus, what could we send our audience to as we're counting down to Thursday? Yeah, we'll be doing a, a live draft show all the way through the draft on PFF's YouTube channel. So just search Pro Football Focus and you'll find all the good stuff. Take care, Sam. Thanks for the time. Thanks. Anytime. Take it easy. You got it. Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Good to get him.
I mean, great job by our whole team booking these guests. These guys are buried now, and I like getting the mock draft guys on, and we've gotten them all. I think the one last one I'm hoping for is Peter King. There's something going on there, which could be good, but we got Rhett Lewis, Bucky Brooks coming hopefully. So we're good. I think we've done a nice job here getting you the mock drafts and the mock draft coverages. My father and son mock draft released tomorrow. I'm doing it with both my sons, and they are button heads with me. They are button heads with me. Button heads with dad. Maybe they need to be reminded by mom that I'm paying for both their colleges, out-of-state tuition, their rent, and their food. Maybe they shouldn't be button heads with me, or maybe they believe because I'm paying their tuition out-of-state, rent, and food, that they can only butt heads with me on a mock draft, which would be smart. Uh, when I was growing up as a kid, my dad wasn't uh, doing mock drafts with me because the internet wasn't invented. Right? We had magazines like Sports Illustrated in the newspaper. And thanks, shout out to my dad for getting me to read the newspaper as a young boy in the box scores. Still do it today. Love reading the paper here. Reggie is in North Las Vegas. How you been, Reg? What's going on? What's going on, JT? Man, I'm, I know I'm, you got I'm, the pick. I know you got the pick. <laughs> we we sit near each other at the game. I know you better have this pick ready. Man, all I'm gonna say is this: with the pick that we have. I want to be in the middle of the season going, we have one of the rookie of the year candidates. We need one. Defensively, for certain, we need one. But we also need that O-line and that D-line to get right. So I'm a defense all day, man, right now. I don't think we should move up to go grab anybody. And if you drop back, get some more draft capital. But I really hope that we have someone – that is considered a rookie of the year candidate. That's mm-hmm. what I'm hoping. I hope to see you at the Raider party, draft party. I'm gonna try. I'm doing two parties <laughs> Thursday, but I'm definitely gonna go see my family, the Black Hole family. Shout out to all my big brothers, uh, Gorilla, Rilla, Violator, all of my guys, Cisco. I can't wait to see. I'm you. doing the double hit too. I got to do the yeah, Raiders so, draft so party. We'll probably be parlaying yeah. together. Uh, Paul, maybe maybe we'll share an Uber over to the Palms. Maybe we'll do that, okay? Let's do it. Let's All right, do man. It. Take Great care. Stand up. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited for this town. The weather's getting great just to go out and watch the draft in the first round. Uh, it brings me back. It came up on my Facebook memories today. So Facebook memories today, I open up that and I go to my memories. And let me get you the exact year. So last year we had our draft. We did a, a remote a year ago today from Cafe Americano with – Modelo. One year ago today, the Raiders kicked off the NFL draft week when they flipped the switch over at the Las Vegas sign. If you remember that, that was a year ago today. Four years ago today was the original Raiders draft party at Dre's Beach Club. And I was going through those pictures, and on stage was Nicole Zalumis, Marcel Reese, and myself. And we anchored that from the stage, and that's where they took Cleveland Farrell. And it was shocking. Not because Clee wasn't a good guy and a good player, but no one saw him going four. It just so happened that no one I was really working with knew anything about him but me, which isn't a knock on the other people there. I just happened to know, like uh, 20 years before when I was the only guy in the war room that knew anything about Sebastian Janikowski. So it was incredible. I remember someone said to me in my ear, we had an earpiece on, they said, JT, grab a mic, go up there and explain who Cleveland Farrell is. I'm like, I got this. He's the defensive captain for the national champion. Clemson. We all watch Clemson games. He was their defensive captain of the team. Good player. Didn't turn out to be a great player. Turned out to be an okay player. You can't get Leatherwood, Cleveland Farrell, 
Ruggs and Arnett. Let me repeat that. Who am I forgetting? I, I might be forgetting someone else. Ruggs, Leatherwood, Arnett, and Clee Farrell. Okay, those are four guys who all had Pro Bowl, not Arnett, but three out of four guys that had Pro Bowl talent, and they're all gone for various circumstances. You don't think that puts your franchise back? Those four men that I just mentioned alone, you don't believe that Dave Ziegler didn't love this roster and wanted to tweak it his own way? Again, I'm butting heads with a lot of Raider fans in public on this topic. Get behind this coach and GM. Pretend to get behind him. If you're part of this Raider family, you want to win. You don't want to torpedo the draft and lose more. And I think there are some fans out there that are so bitter, they can't just say, all right, I'm going to drop this for 48 hours, and I'm going to get behind the Raiders, and I hope the GM and the coach do a really good job. We got some people who are off the reservation and can't even do that. But they're on Facebook chirping. They're on Twitter chirping. Well, chirp on this radio channel. 702-365-9200. Thanks again to Sam Munson for joining us. Alex and Orlando Castaverde. I had breakfast with them last week over at Tivoli Village where their office is. They have a junior attorneys, clerks, people that work behind the scenes, and they're a team. And it's all about the legacy of their late father who built the law firm pretty much from scratch, from the casino business, being a dealer, working his way up to becoming one of the more reputable attorneys ever in Nevada, and now the sons are taking it to the next level. If you get into an accident, slip and fall, car accident, you just need attorneys you can trust. They're familia, they're family, and their people behind the scenes are really working hard to win and get those wins out there. And those aren't guys who are pumping up their muscles, testosterone, going, we win, we beat everybody, we're the winners here in town. They don't have to. They know everybody in town because they've been here forever, they grew up here, and they know what to do for you. Their number is 702-222-9999, the DeCastaverde Law Group. You see their billboards right outside of Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, they're season ticket holders for the Raiders. They should be your attorneys if you get into an accident. 702-222-9999, the DeCastaverde Law Group. All right, we're open till the top of the hour. The next hour, we're going to fly by. Uh, Rhett Lewis will join us. And then a good friend of mine's coming in from the Black Hole. We're going to talk about the new launch of the Black Hole and what they're doing in Vegas. Excited about that coming up. I think the priority is is finding one someone that's going to have an impact. You know, you want to find a starting level player at that spot. There, there's no doubt about that. And and I think along with that, you want to find a player um, that fits um, one. Um, hopefully, fits a need that you have. Right. I mean, you're going. We're going to look at the best available players, but we also have a lot of places on this team where we can add competition and we can add play, people that can help our roster. Um, and we want to find a player that fits our what we look for in a Raiders player. We want to find someone that has a passion for football. We want to find someone that. Um, you know, is, is someone that um, has some upside, that has some explosiveness to their game, um, that, that, can, that can impact the game in a positive way, and that's going to fit our organization, I'd say, and have a positive impact on the organization as a person, too. Um, so those are some of the things that, you know, we'll be dialed in on. Dave Ziegler here on Raider Nation Radio. I ran into Dave at the fight. He was at the fight ringside with his wife, and uh, he got a chance to experience a bucket list for himself being at a big fight in Vegas, and uh, I'll see him over in the building. 
uh, middle of the week here later in the week. And then, as always, I'm assuming we're going to get him on the radio pretty quickly right after the draft to go through this. Normally, the draft's Thursday. Friday's his real busy day. That's where it gets explosive. Maybe we get him on Monday or we figure out what we're going to do. Rhett Lewis, who's been working with the Raiders on top of NFL Network, NFL Media, he will join us here in about 20 minutes, so stick around for that. So the big news with the draft as a quarterback is there was an anonymous post going on that affects Will Levis out of Kentucky. So Bryce Young remains the consensus favorite to be the top pick, listed at minus 1,400 at Caesars. But earlier today, multiple sports books reported receiving a surge of bets on Will Levis to go number one, causing the former Kentucky quarterback's odds to move wildly. Levis' odds to be the top pick moved from 40 to 1 to 4 to 1 on DraftKings. At DraftKings, what? Normally, that type of odds movement would be monumental, but the draft betting market is known for its volatility. A tweet or a new mock draft can move the odds quickly and significantly. So there's a rush of action on Levis. It's believed to have been triggered by a post on Reddit that claimed he was telling friends and family Carolina is going to take him. So imagine if that's true, because gambling's gambling. And if you're telling family and friends, hey, man, I'm going there. They already let me know then you're changing the gambling market before you even throw an NFL pass. That, to me, would not be good. I don't think that would be a smart decision by this young man. So is he going to go number one? Does Carolina want him number one? Why would Carolina trade up to number one to get Will Levis when they could have traded to number five to get him or number seven to get him with the Raiders? A lot of people didn't have Will Levis going in the first round. A couple of mock drafts don't even have him going. So could he go number one? Gamblers like to gamble, man. Uh, let's go with Kevin, uh, Kelvin in San Francisco. Kelvin, what's happening? Hey, man, thanks for the call. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with the caller a bit earlier. Um, I hope we just get a stud. Uh, halfway through the season, we're talking about this guy being a future pro bowler. I think going kind of going back and forth on who I would like, I'm in your boat. I hope we don't get a quarterback. Like I said before, when I called in a couple weeks ago, we got Jimmy G for a reason. I hope we ride with him. Raider Nation needs to back him up. Best case scenario in my mind that I'm hoping for, I really hope that the picks in front of us all get quarterbacks and either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson uh, falls to us. Jalen Carter, we plug him in instantly, that D-line with with Crosby and Chandler Jones with Jalen Carter, and that's an awesome D-line. Even if we get Will Anderson, imagine Will Anderson rotating in with with Chandler Jones and giving Chandler Jones a break, maybe uh, giving him a couple more years of his career. Um, that's best-case scenario in my mind. Can't wait for Thursday. Thanks for the call. Yeah, let me just say this about Chandler Jones. He did not get paid the money he got paid for a break. Okay, let's, let me clean that up. Chandler Jones got paid a boatload of money to make plays. And I said last year I thought his legs activated late in the season, and I was right on that. I was saying that early in the year. He just didn't look like he had the burst because he was getting up there in age, and I don't know, maybe he worked too hard in camp or not. Whatever it was, it took him through week 10 to then to see him activate and him play more explosive. So he didn't play football this offseason. I know he's always in shape. His brother's a UFC legend. They're always in shape. Hopefully the rest did him well and they manage him differently in the preseason and he's fresh to start the season. That's what I'm hoping for. Hardcore Raider, wrap up the hour for us on the flagship. Hey, JT, thanks for taking my call. Shout yep. out to uh, Chris from uh, Oakland as well as uh, Violator. 
You know, um, I agree with you on the defense standpoint that we need to build a defense. I just think that, you know, my vision is a little bit different than, than yours. Not saying one is right or wrong, but you know, for me, like I would love to somehow figure out a way to come out of this draft with two picks in the second round uh, and possibly leverage a bunch of picks and, or a few picks and uh, next year's uh, one of next year's picks to even get a third pick in the second round. If we could figure out a way to come out of this draft with a defensive tackle, a linebacker, and a cornerback before the third round even begins, that would be a super star-studded draft, draft in my opinion, because there's studs that are going to be available on defense in the second round. This is why I'm a proponent, uh, as you know, of trading back to try to get Hinn and Hooker. And if he's gone, let's say we were to trade back, if, if Hinn and Hooker was gone, well, then you know what? We, we can get a defensive stud in the mid-teens if we could trade back to the mid-teens mm-hmm. in the first round. You know, like, I, I'm so high on Hooker. Like, I, I would say if, if four quarterbacks go, we pick at seven, and we can't trade back if the Raiders got Hinn and Hooker, I feel confident that – that is not a reach and that this guy is going to be a stud for our franchise moving forward. Mm-hmm. I would just love for the Raiders to figure out a way to get an, at least one additional pick in the second round because there's going to be some super studs in the second round available, and I hope they figure out a way to get it done. Okay. I appreciate your call. I could not disagree with you more. I don't want Hendon Hooker to be the franchise quarterback for the Raiders. If he does get picked, I will greet him as the franchise quarterback for the Raiders. But I, I'm pretty comfortable here with the quarterbacks that are coming out next year. The quarterbacks that could go before Hendon Hooker, I'd rather have them. But if he drops and the Raiders move back, if the Raiders move back from 7 to, say, 14, 15, 16, and they get another, you know, they flip picks, so they're picking at 18 or 19, and they get a corner or a defensive tackle, and then Hendon Hooker's there in the second round, I'd take him, but I wouldn't take him in the first. But I appreciate your opinion on that. We're brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence, the Remy Martin Cocktail Man, Remy Cointreau, in your margarita, you will not find a better margarita than a margarita with Remy Cointreau.